I'm down in Florida covering spring training, so we're going to try something different this show. John's going to carry the show. I know it's never <laughs> happened before, but we're going to let John talk about uh, the Timberwolves on the John Krasinski Show. What a shock. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always find the shows, the archives of the shows, all our other shows at TalkNorth.com. Thanks. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, and Manscaped. Thanks also to our producer, Brandon Morton. All right, so what did we learn this All-Star weekend other than Anthony Edwards uh, actually wants to play basketball, which is refreshing, and that the NBA All-Star game has become a complete embarrassment? Yeah, I mean, I think both of those things are are the the main takeaways from a Timberwolves perspective, and for like oddly related reasons, Jim. I think like yes. um, when you look at it, and Anthony Edwards on Saturday basically saying that the one thing that he does not like about playing in the All Star or about about the NBA as it as it is currently constructed is all of the rest time that guys get. Now it is easy. For a 21 year old to say, I don't need that rest. Um, I think that's lame. But in fairness to Anthony Edwards, I do think that you see his mentality was shared by Kobe Bryant, by Michael Jordan, by LeBron James, by some of the really, really great players in this league. Um, whether it was in the modern times or even just a little bit further back before the load management and analytics really exploded into the league, they had that mentality. And I think that Giannis Anadokounmpo has that mentality. I just think that a lot of uh, the very, very great players do. So I don't think it's just a product of Anthony Edwards um, having, you know, being a young kid and his body feeling great right now. And that's why that he is, he is advocating for it. I do think that he has an uncommon mentality uh, from just a competitive level to get out there. So that is good. And so how does that relate to the All-Star game? Well, it relates to it in that I think that we saw on Sunday a group of players that just were missing a couple of really hard-nosed dudes that that wanted to get out there and and compete. And LeBron was not was, was, got injured, and so he was not out there for most of the second half. Um, Chris Paul is another player who often brings some intensity to that event. He was not at this game. Anthony Edwards is 21, so he's certainly not old enough yet to influence a game in that way. Giannis did not play in the game, uh, except for like a, a few seconds right at the start because of a hand injury. And so I think that there was a lack of that overall competitiveness the, the the gene that you need in that game to make it even remotely compelling because I've even seen I've seen games in the last couple of years where maybe it was kind of a circus for the first couple of quarters first three quarters but then when you get to the fourth and they have that Elam ending and it's time to go win the game you do you generally see the players buckle down and go after we did not see that on Sunday and I think that it's kind of related a little bit to um just, just that mentality and who is going to be the next couple of guys who step up and really like set a tone that people are going to follow in that game. Um, because LeBron and Giannis, a lot, a lot of times they do it and they were not there and no one really stepped into that void. 
I don't, I understand that you're not going to see five Gary Paytons out there with yeah. a hand in the face, uh, you know, stealing off the dribble and really harassing people. I understand that. But for them to charge money for a game and ask us to spend our time on a game where somebody dribbles across half court and five guys get the hell out of the way so we can go just lay it in or throw down a half hearted dunk, that's just not entertainment. Not entertaining at all. And like, yeah, I've, you know, I've oftentimes over the last whatever, maybe 10 years, um, I, you know, I, I kind of watch these games and, you know, you, you shrug a little bit, eh, you know, is it the greatest thing ever? No. Is it the worst thing ever? No. But I, I really did think that Sunday was a real low in terms of just any sort of quality of product um to watch there it was it was it was bad and and jim here's my i i think there's got to be a, several things that happen to change it but one idea that i had is i really think that they have to scrap the hey we're just going to draft players individual yep. and, and draft players and go that way especially right before the game um one of the issues that this league does grapple with is they have done an unbelievable job of marketing their star players. Uh, they are the most recognizable players in the United States and many of them across the globe. Um, and so they have done a good job of cultivating followings for individual players. But one of the consequences of that is what we saw on Sunday where you don't have the East versus the West you have LeBron versus Giannis. And I think that that is the wrong sort of way to structure this game if you want some sort of competitiveness. You have to have some sense of team, some sense of belonging for players to band them together rather than just throwing them together at the last minute like they did and, and having them go out and play a game. So going back, I think, to East versus West would help a little bit. Is it going to solve everything? No, it's not going to ch change uh, this, t you know, into a 1989 game seven between the Pistons and the Celtics. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but I do think that at least it gives all of the players involved some sort of sense of community. And hey, you know, hey, this is the East versus the West. This year would have been a great year for it because we can have the conversation as the Eastern Conference finally overtaken the Western Conference in terms of the best uh, conference uh, in the league. And and there would have been that and that would have brought maybe even a little bit of more competitive grains to this thing and a little sense of belonging for these players rather than throwing them together at the last minute and just saying, go out, rolling out the ball and say, go play. Like, I just, I don't think that's a good way to do it. I think that should be scrapped and see if that can help in even just one small uh, measure here. I think you're right because, you know, these guys are great competitors. Yeah. And if you're an Eastern Conference player, if you're Jason Tatum, maybe, and the East has lost six in a row, you might actually bring a little more edge to that game. And that might yeah. cause the other team to bring a little more edge because you're bringing an edge. Uh, this is just like the agents, you know, it's like, well, I, I my agent, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to play for my agency and you're going to play for your agency and let's make sure we don't get hurt. Uh, you know, it's it just, you, you have to at least put on something that looks somewhat like basketball. 
Right. And, and, and so, and also on top of that, it's like, am I okay? I'm, I'm on team LeBron. Like what, what motivation is there to help LeBron like win a game? And what motivation is there to help Giannis win a game? I mean, I know that's just a construct and I know it's not like players are looking at it and saying, man, I, you know, I don't care about LeBron. I don't care about Giannis, but like, I do think that there has to be some, base level intrinsic um not motivator but intrinsic element that lets players look at and say okay i'm playing for the eastern conference and this is a conference that is on the come up and forever we've said that it's been told to us that the west is better and that um the east is a joke and and all of these things and maybe maybe that would be enough for you know, maybe having Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the same team, say, you know, with some Celtic pride saying we're going against it, the, the the Nuggets and the Lakers and 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 all those. I, I think that could factor in a little bit and at least give something again. Like, I don't expect it to be the be all and end all, but I do think it is counterproductive for a league that wants to have some sort of competitiveness in the game. And it's clear that they do want it because they instituted the Elam ending several years ago. They're trying to breathe some new life and new energy into a kind of a stale product. And, and, um, and, and that's why I do think they, they tried it with the, to, to change it to the, the captain's pick. They're, they're looking for gimmicks to make the intrigue, a little bit more, but instead of turning it to the individual, I think you got to turn it back to the collective and see if that really does inspire them to play um, a, with a little bit more energy and fire. It may not, it may not, but I just know that as it is right now, there, it's definitely not going to like, there's not, nothing's going to change that way if you keep it as is. And so going back to East versus West, I think, is a way to inject a little bit of pride, a little bit of community, a little bit of of team into an incredibly, incredibly individual weekend. That's the other thing, Jim. Like this whole weekend is all about the individual and good for these players. They're going out there, they're making business appearances, they're they're selling their products, they're doing, they're making money, they're they're uh leveraging their popularity to uh to enrich themselves and to help whatever uh companies that they're aligned with that's that's great i i think it's it's an awesome thing but at the end of the day there has to be some sort of uh vision for something greater than the individual to try and breed some sort of competitiveness that's where it comes from it's not going to come from them individually in an event like this because um, there's not really any motivation or or incentive for them to do that. And so uh, th- there's got to be another way. And and I just think that's the thing that I've come up with after thinking about it over the last couple of days that might at least be a little step forward in the right direction because there does have to be some soul searching. Now, like I don't, I, I, I typically don't like react to one event um, this strongly, but that was, I mean, that was galling and that was, that was a really hard watch. And, and so, um, so there's gotta be something to, to try to see if that, if we can bring a little bit of different kind of energy and different kind of intensity back into the game. And that's just my idea. 
Yeah, because when I was a kid, you know, I try to think I'm, I'm I'm an old jaded journalist now, but there was a time when I was just a pure sports fan, and I actually cared whether the East or the West won. Yeah. You know, I de- because I identified with this team, and I also wanted to see how these certain players would interact and how much they cared about it. And uh, we don't have any of that now. All right, uh, next subject will be talk about a little more about Anthony Edwards. We'll get into Wolves' issues, set up the post-All-Star game portion of the schedule, which, of course, is going to be fascinating. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio, and we want to start off by thanking our longest-running sponsor, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to remember. If you're injured, 612-TSR-TIME. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why they are such a great Minnesota success story. That's why you see their ads everywhere. They're a big part of the sports scene now. Uh, we need to go, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in travel hell right now, but uh, at some point I'll get back and we'll visit our friend, Steve Terry, who I occasionally see sitting courtside. Uh, and Steve, you got to call better plays, man. We'll have to work on that as well. 612 TSR time. Now let's hear about another Minnesota success story. Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing Northeast Minneapolis, right off of uh, 35W on Hennepin Avenue, Northeast. Great tap room, unbelievable beer selection. Great place to show up and watch a game with your friends, big screen TVs everywhere. Um, and otherwise, or you, they have a bunch of games that board games that you can play. The, uh, so much room to sit down, just spread out, have have a good time with with your friends, with your family, with coworkers, anything like that. Uh, highly recommended. I've been going to Head Flyer for years, long before we had any kind of business relationship. And I just went there with my wife because we wanted to check it out right in uh, right in our northeast neighborhood. And we found out that, hey, the beer is really good here. So let's keep coming back. Great. They're super friendly bartenders. Um, just a great vibe all around. And keep your ears open. In the next couple of weeks, we will be announcing a live show at Head Flyer Brewing. Um, can, that coincides with uh, the release of a new collaboration beer between the John Krasinski show and Head Flyer. You all remember that Crunch Time was released last spring into the summer, very successful. And uh, we're going to be looking to do that again very soon when I get together with Neil and, and, and all the guys over at Head Flyer. So Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, tell them the John Krasinski show sent you. Every year brings renewed solar energy incentives from local utility providers. You want to save money on your solar install? Find out what incentives you could qualify for at allenergysolar.com slash coach, C-O-A-C-H, coach. Go to that website. Go to that portion of the website. You'll also find out that All Energy Solar has been delivering quality solar installations for homes and businesses since 2009. Uh, You want to be more green this year? Solar energy can help. Find out how to get a free site assessment at allenergysolar.com slash coach. The electrical grid has limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Once again, allenergysolar.com slash coach. Uh, solar Solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms. Read their ebook, Energy Storage Plus Solar, at allenergysolar.com slash battery. And now let's hear from John on Manscaped. Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC 
for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane, and no one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave the sh- in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit doesn't end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. There's the Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, the Beard Oil, and cap off the kit with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic. So Anthony Edwards becomes a national hero. Uh, The question now is, as the post-All-Star game portion of the season begins, just how prepared is this team to make the right kind of run? Yeah, I mean, it, we we don't really know, Jim. We'll find out very quickly because um, they're gonna they start off on Friday against Charlotte, um, and then they immediately go on a really difficult four game road trip: Golden State, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Kings. And they are going to have to come out of the gates just ready to roll. And um, the one I think hope that everyone has is that. Uh, they played more games than anyone else in the first uh, before the all-star break. And so they were a little worn down by the end. And I think the the break is going to do a lot of people good. Certainly it's going to help Mike Conley get a little settled in here and, and, and catch his breath after the trade. And so they're going to have to come out really motivated and really ready to go because um, you know, this schedule for them, for that for 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 February into early March is really going to determine whether they can stay afloat and be in this uh this playoff race all the way to the end or if they are going to be fighting and scratching and clawing just to stay into the play-in tournament and uh and there's going to be no margin for error there's going to be no time to let up and so um they have no choice but to come out and put their foot on the gas right away and 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 bring it because if not they're going to get buried. Do we have any better inkling on when Cat might be back? I wish we did, Jim. It's it's just a mystery. Um, and hopefully when the team reconvenes for practice uh, on Thursday, provided that everyone can do it with uh, the snowmageddon that that is that is here, um, we will get some sort of specifics on where he is at um, from from an injury standpoint. Uh, it has been kind of frustrating to see like how it's all played out where it there's just there's no timetable, no timetable, no timetable. And I understand that bodies react differently. This was a severe injury. Um, but I have to think that after a week off, um, he had, he had started to do some more workouts around the team and, and things leading into the all-star break that there should be some real 
idea of a timeline coming up when we meet with Coach Finch, when we meet with this team on Thursday about when he is going to have a chance to get back on the court. Um, I think the time for sort of patience and, and, and acquiescing to the process has, has come and gone. And so there has to be some specifics on, on what we're going to see. And I know that cat really wants to get out there. I know that it's killing him to be um, missing as many games as he has, uh, but they really do need him and they need at, at the most, I think, we need some clarity on what the process is going to be like for him to return to play. But as of right now, it is the, it, the specifics are, are not there, but hopefully that that clarity will come uh, after the, after uh, we meet with the team on Thursday at practice. Where does the secrecy come from? I, I really don't know. Um, Jim, I, I, I'm not sure what is going on with this because I think that, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, did he's the one who did sort of unveil um on a twitch stream uh appearance whatever a month ago or so that that the uh the injury was a grade three strain and not a grade two or grade one which really did provide a little more clarity on the timeline initially there were reports in espn that it was going to be a four to six week process and that obviously proved to be inaccurate um, and I do think that Carl was frustrated by that. And so if there are frustrations there, then it's on either the player or the organization, but really ideally both of them to be as transparent as possible about what the, the player is facing. And so what I don't know is, is the, Secrecy, something that is Carl Anthony Towns just does he want to keep his medical situation more private? Is that what he prefers as he goes through this? Or is this more of an organizational stance that, um, hey, you know, these injuries can be finicky and we don't want to put a timeline on on the the recovery that may end up making either the team or the player look bad if it if they don't meet that timeline i i i don't i have not been able to decipher exactly why it is that it has to be that difficult but um but it has been and i think there're just frustrations all around with with how this has played out and 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 um and so we'll have to see how it goes in the end the thing that matters the most is does he come back healthy and ready to play um and i do think that if there is one thing that has contributed to the vagueness of it is the idea that this is an injury that if you do not come back um, 100% healthy, you can really risk either uh, an easy re-injury, like exactly what happened to Jordan McLaughlin, which caused him to miss a bunch more games after he initially came back from it, or you can get something much more serious, which is you know an Achilles an ACL, like th- these kinds of calf strains can really uh, pave the way for those bigger injuries if it is not handled the right way. And so in that respect, I understand wanting to be incredibly patient, wanting to give this thing as much time as possible to heal to avoid a re-injury or a more serious injury on top of this one. But if that's the case, then just let's let everyone know, hey, it's going to be 12 weeks that that that's it's not anyone's fault but um 
but that's I think that would give fans more of an accurate picture of what Carl Anthony Towns is going through and would maybe take some of the guessing out of the equation and um and and, and I think help everyone involved. So why has it been this way? I really don't know. Um, other than just an abundance of caution and and trying not to put any pressure on any person or entity to get back sooner than than needed, but in the in the end, I don't think it's helped anyone that's been involved in this. I think the problem, John, is that uh, the phrase "abundance of caution" was invented, and now everybody feels like they're restricted by it. We yes. should just go with a smidgen of caution, just, that yeah, tiny just, little, just a little bit of caution. Just, that's a, what a you need. A dash of caution. A yes. dash of yes. caution. Yes. yes. A, a teaspoon of caution a, a sprinkle is what we need. Yes. Um, so whatever their goals were at the beginning of the season, post Gobert trade, what's the best realistic goal for this team right now in terms of seeding? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. We said at the beginning of the season that you would say, hey, fourth seed, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs is a reasonable goal for the team with adding Rudy Gobert, not knowing exactly what the process was going to be like for them to incorporate Rudy Gobert, how it was going to all fit together. And you'd say, like, that's that's the ideal scenario. Um, right now, you look at it, they are only two games out of the four seed. So theoretically... It's a possibility. I I don't think that's realistic right now, just given how many teams are ahead of them, given their schedule going down the stretch. So um, right now they're a half game out of six. I think still that should be the goal, Jim. I do. Like mm -hmm. I think that they should be trying at, to scratch and claw and put things together and get to a point where they can get the sixth seed and not have to go into the play-in. Um, it it's uh, I, I think that it, it will be a hard road uh, just given their schedule, given all the road games they have given. We don't know when towns is coming back, but uh, but you look at the teams around them and all of them have their own issues that they're dealing with uh, the Mavericks reincorporating Kyrie Irving and figuring things out. The Pelicans with Zion's injury, the Warriors with Steph's injury. Um, you know, the Lakers are going to be, I think, coming up right behind them. Uh, if they keep playing as well as as they did right before the break, um, but but the Wolves have enough talent and they have uh, uh, enough structure, I think, in place to say that should be the goal. Let's get to six and see what happens. The Suns are in fifth. They have KD coming back fairly soon. I, you have to think that's going to be out of reach. The Clippers seem to be starting to put something together. The Kings in third. Those teams are going to could start to pull away, but. It's got to be the Timberwolves' goal to stay right in the mix for six. At, at worst, try and be in seven and get a home playing um, play game um, and then see what happens that way. But, uh, but I think six should be the goal and is not out of the realm of possibility. Early impression of Mike Conley with this group. I mean, I, I love sort of the, the way that he has already – started to bring out more of out of Rudy Gobert. Um, yes, they lost the game to Washington the other night, and that was a really disappointing way to go into the all-star break. But you can see that Rudy Gobert is just much more comfortable with Mike Conley 
out there on the floor with him. He knows where the passes are coming from. He knows how to catch those passes. He knows that he's going to be involved. He also knows on defense that he's playing with a guard that knows when to help and when not to and where to be and all of those things. So Rudy Gobert is much more comfortable, and that, I think, had to be a priority uh, for this team going forward because you have to find a way to maximize what you have with Gobert, given everything that you paid for him and given given all the money you are paying him to be this team center for the next several years. And so um, I like that part of it to see you. That is already noticeable that you can see the effect that Mike Conley is having just by having um, Gobert activated and, and engaged the way that he is. Um, I think he's going to be great in the locker room. I think he's going to be really good for Anthony Edwards just as a pro um, to just to kind of keep showing him the habits that need to be ingrained. Uh, And then on the other side, we'll have to see um, how he does as a shot maker because he was 0 for 6 in that Washington game. He is not as good of a shooter as D'Angelo Russell is. And how this team like makes offense happen while they are waiting for Carl Anthony Towns to return is going to be critical here. They miss D'Angelo Russell's shot making and scoring, and they have to be find a way to continue that uh, production, maybe across Conley and Jaden McDaniels and Rudy and, and, and several different people, but they've got to, they've got to find a way to make that happen. And Mike missed several open shots against Washington that could have held off the Wizards and completed that win. Um, and then they would have been, I think, tied for the, yeah, they were right about right around the five, six seed going into the, in, into the break. And so how Mike Conley gets this offense to really duplicate the, uh, the shooting and the, and the scoring of D'Angelo Russell, maybe across several players is going to be the, the intriguing part until Carl Anthony Towns gets back and starts really making things happen offensively. Let's get a final thought, thought from John. And by the way, not the last thought he's ever going to have, just the last <laughs> thought he's going to have on this show. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Check out the the network. Tons of hockey stuff highlighted by Russo and the Pross Box and everything else. Uh, we have Jeff Diamond on the Vikings. We have the Viking Update show. We have Preps Day with John Millay. We have the Cheryl Reeves show. Uh, chin music has been really good lately, especially, uh, with some insights from spring training, uh, check it all out. Talknork.com. Check out the outdoor content. If you like that variety content, Mike Grimm's go gopher podcast, Dave Lee's show, Joe Anderson's show, check it all out. We do appreciate it. Thanks again to Brandon. Thanks again to TSR injury law, all energy, solar head flyer brewing and manscaped. All right, John, final thought. Yeah, I think it just, um, you know, when you look at how this, this thing is shaping up, um, going into the final quarter of the season now, which is what it is. There's like 20, 21 games left. Um, It makes the Friday home game against Charlotte a must win. Like just, there cannot be any more taking a a, a sub 500 team for granted, sleepwalking through something and, and, and coming out on the other end, shrugging your shoulders and a little disappointed. They have to come out, raring to go on Friday night at home against Charlotte because it is the last quote unquote easy game for three weeks. And so um, 
to to they have to have the right mentality, you know, dig out of the snow and start to dig into what they have to do here. Because if you lose that home game against Charlotte, um, all of a sudden you are in a horrible situation. So they better understand the intensity that's going to be needed and the urgency that's going to be needed because it's about to get real really quick. And uh, there's no time for for any more toe stubbing going on. John Krasinski, getting real, keeping it real for a long time now here at TalkNorth.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.